Hello, everyone, and inside today's Lockdown Canadians, another disappointing loss for Montreal, and it is time for three up and three down. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 957 of Locked on Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Please see Sleeper's terms of use for details. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every day, wherever you find your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching on youtube.com in video format as well and it has been about two weeks since you had an episode like this because laura and myself are back together i am one of your hosts i am scott matlin and i'm joined as always by the active stick laura saba and laura i know you recorded the back half of last week while i was out of town for sales meetings because two ships passing in the night and now we are back to talk about a team that refuses to give us good things to talk about for long this season <laughs> Unless you look at their social media. <laughs> yes, which we will get to later on in this episode, I promise. Uh, Saturday was tough because I missed the Vegas game. I was traveling for work meetings and such, so I was out of town. I could only kind of listen on the radio when things were good, then they were bad, and then they were even, and then they were just terrible against Vegas from what I can understand. And then I think that's fair. Like It wasn't abjectly awful throughout the game. But you could tell this is not a good team. Yes. And like, and that's not a problem. We knew this wasn't going to be a good a good team. And I'm used to my full screen, so my hand gestures need to get reacquainted with this. But I they followed it up with, they because the games they played previously against Boston and Vegas were what Martin St. Louis called their best efforts of the year. They lost to Vegas in that shootout. They beat the Bruins in overtime in, a, in good games for the Canadians this year. This time around, no support, nothing. Everything is just kind of crumbling around them. Jake Allen did probably everything that he could on Saturday as I'm watching this. And the scoreline says 5-2. It's hard to really be like, wow, Jake Allen was terrible. He didn't get the support that he needed. All that defensive structure from that previous Bruins game where we talked a lot about Wow, Caden Gooley's playing really well. Mike Matheson's had a good showing in this, and it's structured, and it was purposeful to deny the Bruins anything. Wilted, disappeared, gone. And it's kind of frustrating to watch because it's not like, oh, they're trying and there's effort. It was sloppy. It was bad. It it was reminiscent of some of those Dominic Ducharme games. And there, there are a few like good notes to take out of this that we'll get into in the up section coming up next. But I, I know the standards for the season are not they should be a playoff team, they should be winning all these games. But my standards always been: I know you're going to be bad, at least look like you give a crap. And watching some of the plays that were being made didn't feel that way at all uh, in, in this game against Boston to the point that I'm like, I'm going to relegate you to the second screen 
because there is a wrestling pay-per-view on that at least I know this is fake and can't hurt me in reality, you're going to be over here now as I kind of like try to pay attention as best I can. And that's the thing. It's like I find that we saw a lot of positive signs that to see them backtrack on that is a little bit disappointing because what we want now is consistent upward movement in terms of like the quality whether it's like a certain player with one of their skills that they've they've been working on whether it's you know uh in the mailbag we talked about whether or not Slavkovsky is breaking out and I was talking a little bit more about a steady longer term improvement as opposed to a one-time breakout which I know we're going to get to him in a moment but what we're seeing is is still it's not consistent upwards it is a little bit all over the place and like it's significantly it's 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 essentially instead of one step forward two steps back it feels like one step forward another step forward and then like nine steps back and there was a point last week that we were i was talking with some of the folks in the eyes on the prize slack going into i believe it was the flames game that it's like they're a win off of the second wild card spot they're sitting fifth in the division like they aren't far from being able to you know they were behind obviously florida and boston but they were closing in uh with tampa and uh, Detroit was up there too, but they were closing in on that. And since that point, they haven't won any games. They've fallen behind Ottawa. They are one point ahead of Buffalo. And it's the the vibes are slowly diminishing on the team here. And we're going to talk about Martin St. Louis a little bit, but it's like people are showing their frustration, which I'm surprised it, it took this long, to be quite honest. It's, it's that I don't know what they do now. It's not, oh, there's a bunch of people injured. David Savard is out, yes. There's not a lot else on the injury report here. Arbor Jacki is day-to-day. They're not missing so much that, well, Kirby Doc as well. My apologies on that. He's been gone long enough now this season that I have forgotten that that was part of it. But there isn't an immediate answer. And they're still searching for someone else who can be the center behind Suzuki right now. It's... It wasn't Alex Newhook. It might be Sean Monahan. They split up the old dudes who aren't that old line to try and get them around there. There was a regression for a lot of players hitting it once. And the frustrating part is that there was not an immediate answer because the team still isn't that good. They are who we thought they were. And someone asked me the like, well, they're still, they have seven wins on the season. Would you have taken that at the beginning of the year? I'm like, maybe, probably. My sticking point is they have two wins in regulation. And there are games that they've been leading going into that final stretch of the game against Toronto, for instance, that it's like, you don't need to go to overtime in this game. You, If you were able to lock this down just a little bit, you have that regulation win there. And then you don't lose in the shootout, et cetera. They were, it looked like they were so close to getting to that next level there, even if that's you know, not a fringe playoff team, but just outside that main lottery group. And in the past week or so, it's just been Vancouver and Calgary aside where I thought they played about as well as you could expect. They, they've hit a downslope here. And now they're going to a, a part of the co- uh, country on a road trip where they historically don't play well. They don't play well on the West Coast. They're usually bad against Anaheim. They lost both games to the worst Ducks team in years last year. They always struggle against the Sharks, good or bad, and the Sharks are bad this year. Sorry, J.D. And then the Kings are on the rise there, and they never – it's a recipe for a lot of people to be spending American Thanksgiving, real Thanksgiving, 
very grumpy uh, watching these games. Don't think I didn't catch that. Why? I, I don't try to hide it. It is real Thanksgiving, but we're not going to we're not going to get into that right now. That's a debate for another show. It, it, there was even if they got to overtime, they lost against Boston. You have something to build on here. You can't build on, you know, slush that is melting and, and, you know, falling off to the sides here. That's not a thing you can do right now. And it's a tricky road trip. The Ducks are a feisty team. The Sharks, as we know, may not be good, but, you know, if you count your chickens before you hatch, you fire your NHL head coach. And the Kings are very good. And there's they always play the Canadians well. So it's going to be an interesting week for the Canadians now because they don't play till Wednesday and then they play, I believe Friday, Saturday this week. It's a busy week and they have a lot of growing and building to do right now. I agree. Um, but I think, I think you're saying growing and building to do like, it's still November. This season's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride, no matter what. I just hope it's just not always like, you know, the slowly when you're going up and you're going up and you're waiting for the excitement I hope it's just not permanently stuck in that mode. Yeah, it, it's like we see flashes of good things in which we have our up segment coming up, you know, next on the show here. And I look at this team and I go, there are promising bits. It's just getting all of them kind of in line at the same time. If they've got, you know, some players on the rise here and some that might be slumping that if they can get everything kind of squeezed together, like when you're merging out of the freeway and everyone's zippers like properly and traffic keeps going, if the Canadians can do that and avoid jamming themselves up here, they can turn this corner. They could win two out of three games on this road trip, and it wouldn't be surprising. It would be nice to do that. I think this team needs something to build on. And we thought Boston and we thought the Vegas games were building blocks, but every time they had a good game, they started a losing streak right after that. So. I I'm hoping that this is the we're turning a corner road trip here on the West coast. And speaking of, you know, players rising, players falling, it is Monday. That means it is time for three up and three down. And because I've put the show notes in backwards again, we're going to start with the ups this time. And that's all coming up in our next segment. But first today's show is brought to you by our friends at eBay motors, passion, drive, and patience is what brings home a winning trophy. It is also what keeps your ride or die vehicle alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to its peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride-or-die vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. And also, if you've enjoyed listening to Laura and I for the last four years, Locked On Sports has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Hello, everyone. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. 
I am, of course, one of your hosts. I am Scott Mallon. I am joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And you get your team every single day here at Locked on Canadians. And it is Monday. Monday, we always do three up and three down because it is it is one of our favorite things to do. It helps us recap the week that was, and we can talk about who's rising and who's falling. And normally we do the downs first and then the ups after that, but I wrote the show notes backwards. So we're doing the ups first again this week, just like I did last week. So the biggest thing on the rise here, even with everything going on around the Canadians, Uri Slavkovsky looks like he is on the rise this week. Scored a goal against Boston, short side on Jeremy Swayman. At least I believe it was Jeremy Swayman. Got an assist on Jonathan Kovacevic's goal. Looks so much more engaged in the offensive zone and is using his tools there. There's some work to be done past the neutral zone, defensive zone. But I'm seeing that young winger take a step there a little bit. And no, he's not lighting it up, which... I get it. Everyone wants him to do that. And patience is a virtue that lacks in this fan base from time to time. But it is good seeing Slavkovsky, even in games where the team is not playing well, find a way to stand out a bit here. He was at the top of the hockey stats card report last night. Little bit of defensive uh, deficiency, but offensively, he's starting to get that motor and gear here. And I know the biggest thing is we miss him with Kirby Doc because there's no Kirby Doc, but... If he can kind of get his legs going here, it gives Martin St. Louis more lineup flexibility to maybe give him some more minutes and let him go with that. And for me, I think, honestly, I feel like the flexibility is the biggest thing because like the Canadians have kind of, they're in a corner with the players that they have on their roster they inherited that they can't really get rid of. And then the players that they're trying to jam in there to get some experience. And then the players that they're trying to like expand their experience in, in Laval. So like, I feel like just having options in general is good. And that also gives the Canadians an opportunity to put each specific player like him into the best position to show their best or grow. Yeah, and that's the thing is is that he, he it I said it before because it's uh Hedy Kalakash points this out a lot is that people want him to be a big power forward goal scorer where his his actual promise and his best areas are as a playmaker. And I am still just screaming to put him on power play one as your goal line guy and let him operate there. You can still have Sean Monahan out there, but it's he's be in the same spot that Josh Anderson is currently occupying. And if you're going to be bad, at least be bad with younger players trying their best. And this is not for me to start blaming Josh Anderson for things. Cause that's not what I want to do, but I want to see him get those opportunities. We've seen yes. He scored two goals against Vegas, got promoted up the lineup. Great. That's what you want to do. You want to reward. Uh, this is that. the energy we love to see. <laughs> exactly. It's it's what you want to see from a team that's like, you have played well. Let me give you this promotion within reason. Like if Michael Pozzetta scores two goals in like six minutes of ice time, we're, they're not going to move him up to the top line. I would hope for any reason. Maybe they will. Who knows? I could be wrong. But the goal is clear that if you're a younger player and you are going to perform well, you're going to stay in the lineup. You're going to get moved up the lineup here for the most part, from what we've seen. And speaking of young wingers making an impact from the previous drafts, uh, Lavelle had a nice little winning streak. They've lost their last two. They haven't played terribly, but they're you know a little bit behind where they need to be. But Joshua Wah and, by proxy, Sean Farrell are way, way up on the rise here. I talked about it 
pardon me, a little bit last week as well. But Joshua Wah has done about everything you can you can ask of a young player in the AHL this year to try and get a call up. And I am going to caveat this since everybody filled my mentions about it. I'm not saying they should call him up. I'm saying that if they were looking to call somebody up, he has done everything required of him. Also, if we say he should be called up, it doesn't mean he should be called up and stay in Montreal for the rest of the season. Exactly. And like Joshua is not, I, it's hard to justify best players in the AHL because there's obviously a lot of, uh, nuance and player types and everything goes in there. There's some defensemen that play a lot of minutes. There's some veteran wingers who do nothing but pick up assists. In terms of Rocket players, Joshua was potentially the most important player on this team. The only one that might come close is Mitchell Stevens, who is their Philip Deneau center who does everything for them. Joshua was probably their most important offensive player, and he's found some synergy with Sean Farrell there where they are they – are, they have that Caulfield Suzuki kind of connection. They were down four, nothing to the Toronto Marlies on, I believe it was Wednesday night. They stormed back, won that game six, four in part because Farrell and Wad just kind of were like, we're just going to take over this game. Now they are very smart. They are very good at what they do. And yeah, there's some growing pains there that after a busy week, they're a little bit more tired by the end of it, which is, natural for younger guys that yeah the qmjhl plays maybe multiple games in a row and college plays two and two but three four games in a week or five and seven this week is a lot for younger guys who are still growing and the rocket don't have a lot of spare bodies right now but joshua on the rise sean farrell right behind him logan mayu had another good week on the blue line offensively defensively still working in progress there but They've turned a corner a little bit. They're not getting blown out in every game. Defense is still a problem. I will work on something breaking down what's going on there. Laura, you had the last up for this episode, though. This was your suggestion, so I'm going to cede the floor to you uh, so you can discuss what it is that uh, is on our up list here. Setting aside what this means about the state of this team right now, um, we are using one of the ups for a social media video, the most recent one that the Canadians uh, have released. And it's about the mugs, right? So each player has a mug with the like the logo, sorry, the jersey and their number on there. And um, they, Cole Caulfield is essentially looking for his mug and it goes through like multiple players, all of whom do not have the mug. And then all of a sudden you see Weidman staring directly at the camera, not breaking eye contact, drinking out of Caulfield's mug and then walking away. And the acting in this video is so good for an NHLer that honestly, like Chris Weidman deserves an Oscar for that. (laughs) Um, It was so good. It was really fun. And this is the thing, like when we're watching the Canadians, I know a lot of people, all they care about is the Canadians should win a Stanley Cup. They don't care about any of that peripheral stuff. But at the same time, like I love that the Canadians are kind of giving personality to their players and showcasing their players in this way. Because for me, I laughed so hard. I watched that so many times. And every time Chris Weidman's face showed up I, and he's wearing, and this is the most underrated part is he's wearing a Caulfield shirt as well. <laughs> it's, we love this because remember when they used to do the little challenges between players or they'd play like 
goofy games or whatever. And one of the most famous ones is Brendan Gallagher and PK Subban getting like heated over a wiffle ball, like home run derby. Uh, there was Paul Byron and Andrew Shaw trying to like put on the most Christmas sweaters possible in a certain little things like this help bring you closer to the team. And like, I miss 24 CH a lot, like the original version of it, where it was in the room, but you're also spending the day with some of these players, giving people access to players like this, even if it's in little goofy things allows you to feel closer to your team. And it's especially good when your team is, uh, not great to, to, to put it lightly here. So I'm happy to see this. I need to rewatch it again. Cause I watched it once, but it was also very late at night. So I was very tired, but I plan on watching this again. Uh, if you have your own ups for this week, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians, locked on Canadians at gmail.com uh, at the active stick at Scott Matla. We are always happy to hear from you as long as you're, you know, respectful in your approach on that. Who was on your up list for this last week besides Macklin Celebrini, which of course, however, not everything is great. We know not everything is great. And coming up next, it is our down segment to end the show here. Who's rising? Who's falling? We're into the falling part of that. And that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Sleepers because a new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. We're banking on Cole Caulfield to hit 50 NHL goals. Could the Leafs finally actually fulfill their destiny and win the Stanley Cup this year? Maybe not, but if you want to win big by playing daily fantasy hockey, you can do that on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy hockey app of Locked On NHL. It's our number one choice because with that, you can win 100 times your money. And if you don't want to bet on the NHL or play fantasy NHL, you can do the NFL, the NBA, MLB, college football, all of that on Sleeper. And connect with other fans using the chat feature and everything in here. All you got to do is pick whether a couple of stars, Sidney Crosby going to continue to be amazing. Is Connor McDavid going to continue to break out of his slump? We'll record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. So to win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. That's right. Have fans 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Just use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. It is our final segment of the Monday episode, which means normally this would be the up. This is where we're talking about all the happy things that happened this week. But again, I I put the show notes in backwards, so we're going to do the downs going into this week. And the biggest one is here, and this is not me trying to throw this player under the bus because, as everyone knows, I am arguably probably one of their biggest fans. The Montreal Canadiens need Cole Caulfield to get back on the score sheet. It's not that he's not trying. In, I believe it was the game against Calgary, he had like eight shot attempts on goal. Like, he looked dangerous. All these chances are falling to him, and he just can't buy a goal right now. It's someone that you can tell is feeling a little bit of pressure right now, understandably. And it has to be frustrating for someone who knows how to score goals. And there are people in my mentions, I'd like him to show up outside of overtime. I'd argue it's great when he shows up in overtime because usually they win the game then. And if that's a problem for you, you have a problem with watching fun hockey, I guess. But 
they need him to kind of get back to being that lethal shooter at even strength right now. And it's not that he's looked bad, but when they have honed in on him, the Canadians don't have a way of freeing him up right now because none of the other wingers are doing much of anything. Tanner Pearson's quiet. Josh Anderson without a goal. Uri Slavkovsky is getting better, but still on his way up. Jesse Olinen is, you know, a middle six forward in there. It's Michael Pozzetta. Rafael Harvey Pinard is out injured right now. Like, there's not a lot of options to take that heat off of Caulfield because they don't have a functional second line all the time. And it's hard for him, but good players find a way. I have no doubt that he will, but Lord knows the Canadians could use Cole Caulfield to go on one of his heaters right now. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like his stock is right now on a downturn. And like you pointed out, like the Canadians aren't doing much with him. They're not able to free him up. They're not able to give him that option to be creative. Um, I think the thing that we've come to expect from him is that he, despite all of that, he has been able to do that in the past. He's been able to wriggle free of all kinds of constraints and take over a game. And he hasn't done that. But at the same time, it's not that we're throwing him under the bus, like you said. It's just that he's not doing great right now. Like he's, he's somebody who's not living up to our expectations of him right now. That's why he's on the down list. Exactly. It's no one on the down list is here forever except for NHL officiating for the most part, but we expect more from someone because we've seen how good they can be. And I do, it's not a flash in the pan kind of thing. We know that Caulfield can be a consistent producer. He was last year on a team that was worse that I, I am very excited to see what his next hot streak looks like. And maybe it's just one of those things that one goal goes in and everything changes very rapidly. That is what I'm hoping. And part of that ties into coaching. It's we, we do love Martin St. Louis on this podcast. Something isn't clicking at a certain point here. And I, I think he's done a lot of good things with how he approaches development and rewarding players and balancing things. At a certain point, things have to change. I think the lineup they had, I believe it was going into the Vegas game where they shuffled, or no, it was one of these last two games. They shuffled things enough that I look at it and go, that's trying something new, but something isn't clicking at five on five right now. I get that Boston and Vegas are good teams, but not having an answer to slow anything down at all, to even prevent that pushing, you and your coaching staff who are paid a good chunk of money need to figure out what is going wrong and what you can do to get your team back on track here. And I again, I don't want to throw Martin St. Louis under the bus because that's not my intention here. I just want to see him figure this out. That is part of being an NHL coach, is you need to figure out the way to get your team back on track. I know it's a slumping schedule and injuries to your star set, one of your star centers and everything here, but figure it out, please. You know, I'm not asking you to go undefeated in the month of December or anything, but wait, I was, well, I mean, I would like that, but I also do kind of want that, you know, higher end draft pick that this team definitely still needs to. So, uh, I want to see them take that next step. Give me a team that at least puts the effort in every night. I'm not seeing that same effort across the board. I can handle them losing if they're competitive and battling. We've said that from the beginning, we can't handle 
or not we can't handle it. We don't tolerate losing when a team is kind of looking like they've never played hockey before. I agree. Now comes my favorite part here because this is where I get to uh, tell the league that we cover that they're bad at their jobs. Laura, did you know there was an NHL game this morning? What? Or was yes. there was an NHL oh, wait, game yesterday morning? I, I did. I did. Sorry. I did know that, but I can't watch it. Well, here's the thing is, I didn't know there was one yesterday morning or this morning. I woke up to wondering why all the Leafs fans were all over my timeline and then realized they had a game that started at, like, I'm assuming 8 a.m. There's the global series in Sweden was from the back half of this week into the end of this weekend. If you lived in the U.S., I am not 100% sure about Canada. I believe CBC might have been carrying it, but I'm not 100% sure. You couldn't watch the game in the U.S. unless you had NHL Network. NHL Network is not a part of basic cable and does not have a regular streaming option. So I can't watch it through ESPN+. Plus. I can't watch it through if I have a thing for like TNT or TBS, whoever showing the other games. You had no way to watch this unless you pirated it. And I am not, you know, authorizing you to pirate things. But it's very peak NHL that they're like, we're doing this big global series to grow the game and help, you know, bring NHL hockey to other markets. But by the way, our main market where we are, you can't watch this unless you have this very niche channel. And I kind of look at that and go, you didn't think to put this on anything else at all. You locked it behind NHL Network, didn't advertise much of it outside of the first couple of games. And yes, I get there's a time zone difference. So it's, you know, the afternoon there and early morning here, but I watch soccer. So I am used to that. But the NHL just feet first onto rakes over and over and over again, that this should have been a slam dunk thing. And I didn't know there was a game this morning, which is not ideal. I would guess. So I, my final on the down list here is going to be just the NHL's inability to get out of its own way. I agree. Like, and this is something that's so exciting. I love these series. They should be a bigger deal. Like we should all be like clamoring for our teams to be going on these trips uh, and honestly, if the Canadians ever get sent overseas, I will follow them. There. I mean, if they want to send me to Sweden to go cover the Montreal Canadians, I wouldn't, we might need more Swedes first. So, um, I don't care. I like for me, if the Canadians go overseas, I will go there because honestly, that might be the only chance I have to watch those games. Then nah, that's a good point. Uh, maybe they'll go to Finland or Slovakia or something and I wouldn't be opposed to it, but if you're the NHL, for the love of God, please start advertising these games just 10% better. I di- I thought there was only like a handful of games like Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and that was it. I didn't know it kept going into Sunday here because the NHL has made, on none of the broadcasts last night, was it mentioned? And it's just like, what are we doing here? Peak NHL. This is why you're fourth. And that is going to wrap up our show. We will be back on Monday. We will have, I know there are Lavelle rocket questions. Laura mentioned before the show that we will get into at that point. We'll see what news uh, the week brings because apparently goaltending rumors are swirling again. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at the active stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla as well. Please subscribe wherever you get your daily podcast. And when you're done, please check out Locked On's launching the first 24-7 streaming channel. Locked On Sports Today is out there right now. Go subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. It's the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. You won't be disappointed. And folks, we will see you all 
next time. Mm-hmm.